Welcome to On Olive Oil, hosted by Curtis Cord, the publisher of Olive Oil Times. Featuring 30-minute discussions with people throughout the world, sharing their unique perspectives on the ever-changing olive oil landscape. This week's guest is Iron Chef judge and Italian food educator, Mario Rizzotti. When I tell them I got 10 olive oils in my house, all different, because I used each one of them for a different application. At the beginning, they laugh at me, then at the end, it goes like, oh my God, I now understand why you say that. Now, from New York City, here's Curtis Cord. Mario Rizzotti was a judge on the Food Network's Iron Chef America program and a brand ambassador for Academia Barilla. He goes around educating people everywhere on authentic Italian foods. He joins us today from Chicago. Good morning, Mario. How are you? Good morning, Curtis, and good morning to all the listeners. I'm doing great. I'm doing wonderful. I had my little shot of extra virgin already, so I feel good. So are the Cubs going to pull this one off or what? I, uh, you're talking about to the only person in the whole Chicago land that wishes that they will, but he does not understand anything about baseball. So therefore, you know, I wish them they will. And, you know, it's uh, something that Chicagoans have been waiting for years and years and years. So we'll see what happened. Yesterday, they didn't play bad, I heard. But again, if you ask me something or if you put me in front of four Cubs players, I have no idea who they are. Well, stranger things have happened. They need to win two in a row. We've yeah, seen that, that happen before, so it's okay. What is it with Italy and these horrific earthquakes? There is the last thing that I've been reading, and uh, I've I finally been able to get everybody accounted in my families. But um, the last thing I've read is that there is a new theory that is mentioned in that the Apennines mountain are about to split in half or something is growing up in the middle. According to some of the seismologists, uh, this is not going to be the last one we hear. It's not the first one either. It's been a lot of them. And yesterday we have the highest 6.6 earthquake uh, Richter scale that we never had since 40 years ago. So it's not looking great. But I do a lot of things also here in Chicago to raise money to send them to Italy. So we'll see what happens and what I can do for them, like I did a few years ago for the Abruzzi earthquake. So tell me what you did. For the other earthquake, uh, we have done an event um, in a restaurant in the suburbs of Chicago where we invited everybody to support this great cause. And we had between the top chefs in Chicago, starting from Tony Mantuano to Jimmy Benos to uh, Gail Gand, they all joined forces together with us at no cost to raise uh, $60,000 in one night. So um, we did a beautiful event. We had Italian singers coming by. Everybody donated their time for free for this great cause. And uh, it was definitely appreciated. Fantastic. Where in Italy are you from, Mario? Originally, I was born and raised in Roma, Italy, or for the listener, Rome. But I stopped saying Rome because there is a couple of them in the United States. So therefore, Roma, Italy. And uh, then after my father passed away, uh, we have to bury him in this small town called Gaeta, which is actually very famous for olives. And you might have heard before, I'm pretty sure you're very familiar with Gaeta olives. And uh, that's where my father is buried. Then my mom after that came there, but I came from Rome originally. What was it like there growing up? Well, it's, uh, you know, you're living in a country that has thousands of years of history. And uh, you walk around and everything around you, if you touch it, or if you just get close to it, 
And if you close your eyes, you really have the impression that that specific building or that specific area or those roads have been built thousands and thousands of years ago and they're still standing. So it's an amazing experience. And plus the Italian experience that we always live every day, it's amazing. I mean, we definitely have a good time. We enjoy our life. We live, you know, there, there is a famous joke about what Italians talk about at lunch and we talk about what we're going to have for dinner. So mm-hmm. therefore, it's just the idea and, and the whole concept of enjoy our life over there is amazing as well. That's why I also came over here because I want to have people to know more about the authentic Italian experience, the extra virgin olive oils, the all the ingredients that we use in Mediterranean diet that there are also part of the tour that I'm taking around right now, which is called For the Love of Italian Food. Well, we'll get to that in a second, but what was what was food like in the Rizzotti household in Rome? Well, having a mom that was from north of Italy and a father as well, and living in Rome, we get to taste every different kind of cuisine, which, as you know, is not only southern or northern Italian cuisine, but Italian cuisine is more regional, it's more individual. And every Sunday, there would be a different kind of, I call it more a dining experience more than a feast, because, as you know, authentic Italian food is not served in humongous portion, and there is no sauce floating everywhere. It's just a little different experience that we had. The good thing is that being with mom in the kitchen and uh, learning all these little tricks, uh, that was actually intriguing because look where I am right now and I've been able to take those experience, those cookbooks, those ideas, those little tricks, I've been able to take them here and put them to work to educate people in this beautiful country to understand the difference of authentic Italian cuisine and Italian-American cuisine. And what was your favorite dish that your mother cooked for you? Uh, risotto was always a favorite one. It was a long process and we were in charge of it, so definitely one of them. But she made excellent uh, excellent pasta all the time. I mean, you cannot go wrong with my mom's pasta. And believe it or not, the little polo alla milanese, that was one of my favorites. Just a little nice, well thin pounded uh, chicken breast, lightly breaded, served with fresh lemon and a little bit of arugula was the heat for all of us. Mm, sounds delicious. You try to do that still? You try to make that like your mom made it? I try to stay 100% faithful to her recipe. Uh, Ingredient-wise, I try to find as much as I can Italian, authentic Italian. If it's not, then I just try to adapt myself to whatever I can find around here. But uh, the flavor profile is never going to be like your mom, but you know, that's always good to try. And so you came here when you were in your 20s. I came here when I was 21. What for? I just came for fun, actually. I came for fun and uh, I came to actually see a friend of my brother. My brother was working at this small restaurant in Glenview and I came by and, and Funny enough, I noticed that this gentleman owned a restaurant and uh, I was looking at the food that was served and I was shocked to see that there was called Italian food, but had almost nothing about Italian. So that intrigued me to start to figure out what can we do to make sure that people understand the difference of these two great cuisine. I love American Italian cuisine. I love Italian cuisine, but as you know, there are probably a lot of differences culinary-wise, between the two. So then I decided to stay, and I decided to start to learn a little bit more about the restaurant business, and I decided to enjoy educating people on understanding the difference of these two kinds of cuisine. So you came you came here, and your first job in the food business was what? Dishwasher. I was washing dishes in a restaurant in Glenview, 
And um, then little by little, I worked all my way up. I didn't come here to remain a dishwasher. And uh, I became then a busboy, then a runner, then a waiter. And then I worked all my way up to the chain. And uh, it, it was a very great experience also because working in the kitchen as well, which I worked behind the line, cooking and serving and getting burnt to make sure everybody were happy outside in the front of the house was something that made me proud of what I was passionate to do and what was actually coming out of my heart straight into the dishes. What is it about the food business that hooked you in? Curtis, you know better than me that the food is the only way to bring everybody together at the table. Mm -hmm. And that was number one. That was one of my passion. As you uh, have a chance to go to my webpage, which is maririzzotti.com, you can see that there is a motto there that I strive every day to educate everybody off of it. And the motto is very simple. A meal in Italy is not just a consumption of food. It is also a celebration of Dolce Vita. So the good thing is that we like to see people sitting all together at the same table enjoying. That's what brings food around is friendship, love, family values, and more. Tell me about how you became a, a judge on the Iron Chef America program. That's a, a wonderful story that I like to share with everybody. Years ago, I was uh, also an olive oil tester and a balsamic vinegar tester as well. So I was actually working for Academia Barilla at that time. And I was at the house of a very famous chef that happened to be Oprah Winfrey's chef. His name was Chef Art Smith. And the art that was getting the education on olive oil, how to taste the profession without the bread, showing all the little tricks with the blue glass and then the tasting techniques and how to, like I said, slurp the olive oil and so on. And um, one day he had a party at his house where we actually were launching a product for Giada de Laurentiis. And uh, at his house, he was kind enough to bring me in front of another gentleman to uh, try to get me to be a judge on Iron Chef because of the passion that he saw about my cooking, about my uh, passion for Italian products and about olive oil as well. And uh, this gentleman uh, happened to be the vice president of the Food Network at that time. So that opened up my door. About a few months later in July, I was asked to do the first episode on Iron Chef. And then uh, second year, I got two episodes, then the third year, three episodes, and then six years gone, and there are six episodes every season, and uh, happy enough to be called being actually not a Food Network talent, but just being a person with a lot of passion for food and for Italian food as well, and Italian olive oils. And uh, here I am sitting at Chelsea's Market in a chair as a judge of Iron Chef. What is the day like when you're going to to the set to be a judge on Iron Chef? What, what's it like? What's the experience like? Being a judge on Iron Chef is, is not simple like a lot of people like to think. You wake up early in the morning, uh, there is two tapings in the same day. You wake up early in the morning, you gotta be in the studio by eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, after you're done with your makeup, so you are already on stage by eight. And then uh, the, the whole taping lasts uh, almost six hours. Therefore, the funniest part is actually that there is a lot of behind the scene that people don't see alive. The real battle really happens in 60 minutes. But everything else around takes a long time to get organized. And when you do two episodes back to back, that means you're spending an average of 12 to 14 hours in studio. And uh, trust me, those are long days. But just to be there, just to see that people are sharing with me the same passion when they cook those dishes and they put heart and soul to try to portray the 
secret ingredients out there. It's amazing. It's just an amazing experience that is not easy, but it's got a great, wonderful results inside you at the end of the cooking. And where do they shoot that? That one is shot at the Chelsea's Market in New York City. Oh, okay. Do they pay you for that? They take care of us. They do take care of you. Yeah. I was looking around for episodes that you were a judge of. I did find one with cream cheese. Oh, yeah, the- yeah. That was amazing. Remember that one? Which one was your favorite? Uh, My favorite was every time that they had me in for an Italian ingredient or with Italian chefs. Uh, Battle of Branzino was great. Uh, I really enjoyed that one. Battle of Parmigiano Reggiano twice was amazing. And Mario Batali was in one of them. Uh, There was, you know... Did he win? Mario Batali in Battle of Parmigiano, yeah. But it was very, 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 very close. Hmm. Uh, we did Battle of Lemon with twins from the Carroll Brothers from Miami. Uh, there was uh, Battle of Quail. There was Battle of Mozzarella. Battle of Rice. So all the authentic Italian ingredients that couldn't be around, I was actually asked to judge uh, because of the expertise that I had as an Italian culinary specialist. They never did the Battle of Extra Virgin Olive Oil, did they? Unfortunately, no. They did the Battle of Balsamic Vinegar. But Battle of Extra Virgin Olive Oil... Would it be fantastic if they could have done it? But uh, you know better than me that uh, if they bring the wrong extra virgin olive oil on the wrong dish, they would probably completely destroy the dish. It is a culture, as you know better than me, that is uh, is needing a lot of uh, education, a lot of attention, and we are still at halfway to where we need to be to make sure that people understand the difference of it. I'm not even sure we're halfway. I try to be nice. Yeah, you meet a lot of chefs out there. You, you're you out there a lot, Mario. I see you uh, online and uh, going to events throughout the country, uh, food shows, demonstrations. How many chefs do you come across that know that know what to do with a mono-varietal extra virgin olive oil and, and pair it with the right dish or how to dress uh, a regional Italian dish uh, properly with, with just the right olive oil, with the right profile. you see other people who know what they're doing with that? I have to tell you that, first of all, with the help of internet and the help of social media and the help of the Food Network and all these other food channels, uh, there is definitely more knowledgeable out there, more knowledgeable chefs out there than we had 20 years ago. Uh, definitely, it's very hard to have uh, chefs that they know what to do with the monocultivar olive oil Uh, as we wanted to see, but definitely there is a lot of more passion out there. There is a lot of more request to learn more to make sure that what they have in their kitchen, it is definitely the valuable liquid gold that they were looking for to finish up their dishes. But I think that the concern shouldn't be the chef's uh, knowledge as much probably as the consumer knowledge. That is the main important part that we need to target out there because if the consumer is not aware of the difference and the cost of it, it will be very hard sometimes for some chef to make sure that we can adapt to what exactly they want to do. Where do you buy your olive oil? They ship it to me every day, Curtis. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I get olive oil in the, in the front of my house, FedEx from Europe uh, every single week, I'm telling you. But it's funny that you mentioned that because the last time that I bought a bottle of olive oil was after reading an article on the Olive Oil Times. And there was an article about Croatian olive oils that they were actually becoming very well um, respected and uh, very higher quality throughout Mm -hmm. the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was in Croatia at that time, and uh, I actually ended up to buy some great Croatian extra virgin olive oil and bringing it back home. 
and applying it to the Italian cuisine that I do at home. And what did you think? Oh, they were amazing. I think that uh, I think one big, huge uh, misunderstanding of the consumer is the fact that there is no such a thing as the best country that makes the best olive oil. I think every country has its own best olive oil, number one. Number two, you cannot compare extra virgin olive oils from different countries, especially when they are not made with the same olive, at least. And number three, the way that you can apply a great creation olive oil to certain dishes and then you're not going to be able to apply it to other dishes is the same for other countries olive oil italian greek spanish uh, portuguese south africa tunisia so they're all doing a great job but i think this creation olive oil after reading your article i was very actually i was very happy to see that there was a um, a, a truth that I was not aware of it, and I was impressed. And aren't we fortunate that there is such a variety of uh, cultivars and regions that produce different extra virgin olive oils that you can that you can tap, depending on what you're what you're eating and what you're preparing. What you're cooking, yes. As a matter of fact, some of them, as you already know, and some of the viewers might be aware, some of them are very bittery and peppery, and they really actually have very small applications out there but when you use it with the proper ingredients it's just a, a win-win situation a marriage happening on a plate that is very hard to break up we'll be right back we're going to take a short break on olive oil is produced by olive oil times the world's leading olive oil publication and the international culinary center olive oil program learn olive oil sensory assessment in new york the Olive Oil Sommelier Certification Program offers comprehensive instruction in olive oil sensory assessment and olive oil events throughout the year. Sign up at culinarycenter.com. Where did you learn how to taste olive oil? Uh, I've done it through the Academia Barilla when I was working for them, which unfortunately Academia Barilla is no longer uh, in there business-wise. But uh, the gen- one of the gentlemen was Ricardo De Santis, who was one of the guys, and uh, I also did um, have the pleasure to work with Yonao in Europe as well to try to get the certification. And uh, the passion that came from them was amazing because at the beginning, I did live in a city uh, after my father passed away, which was called Gaeta, where they make the the Gaeta olives, and they do also an excellent olive oil. But I was not aware that all these olive oil could have a different flavor profile. So I was intrigued to learn a little bit more of all the difference of it. And that's how and where I learned from to taste extra virgin olive oil professionally. I know you have some kids. So what what do you cook for the kids? And do you use olive oil when you're cooking for the kids? The kids actually are spoiled. Uh, Believe it or not, uh, I have my uh, my two boys, uh, the 11 year old and the six year old. That sometimes when I when I bring them some, we using some emergency extra virgin olive oil. They come to me and they actually judge me and say, "Papa, this is not your olive oil. Papa, this is not the olive oil that we had last week. Papa, this is." <laughs> completely different so papa this is rancid so it's amazing to see how they like to use it on top of their dishes on top of their salads on top of their meat and also to to dip their bread in it which is something that i don't dislike at all as long as they enjoy some healthy extra virgin olive oil uh, as you know it's being part of the mediterranean diet i'm not doing anything bad to give them some good extra virgin olive oil 
No, you're certainly not. And I have some children, too, about the same ages as yours. And uh, they pour it on everything. They pour it on everything. In fact, I give them a bagel and cream cheese. And, and they put extra cheese on your That's they great. Ask me, they ask me for a little dish so that they can dunk the whole thing. There in you extra go. Virgin. And if that is not a cultural fusion, I don't know what is. But uh, oh, yeah, they, it they is the education. It's education that they hear from you all the time and from all of us that we're very passionate about extra virgin. And uh, I guess that you created your, uh, you know, already your kids, they're going to probably follow up your business, I guess. I don't know, but they certainly do know a thing about olive oil and they know what they like and they know what they don't like. Uh-huh. You know, they like a little bit of a kick. Uh, they like it fresh. Uh, if it's not fresh, these young palates instantly respond to it, you know. Yeah, they have a, they have a fantastic uh, um, trained palates, probably through us as well. And it's amazing to see when the little one is six years old, that still doesn't know how to use the proper word, which is bittery or peppery. But he comes to me and he says, Papa, this... Uh, this Olive oil from Tuscany, it, it's spicy, but I like it. So <laughs> it's nice to see that they recognize those uh, those uh, flavor profiles as well. What's the food like in uh, Chicago? Do you know the chef Paul Bartolotta? Yes, I actually, uh, I know Chef Port- Paul Bartolotta very well, and I happen to already have him as one of the contendants on Iron Chef. And one of my very first episodes of Battle of Rice, which was Paul Bartolotta against Mario Batali. So Paul has been a friend uh, for many, many years. And last time I checked with him, he was in Las Vegas uh, at Ristorante di Mare, but Ristorante di Mare now is a new name. So I don't know where he's going next, but you know, he has some nice successful restaurants also in Milwaukee. And another chef who has taken the time to learn about, about olive oil. Oh, yes. He actually was on the Jimmy Kimmel show in the past, and he was always portrayed in this uh, very good extra virgin olive oil that we used to produce and import through Academia Barilla. It was a Monte Iblay extra virgin olive oil from Sicily made with the Tonda Iblea olive. And it was amazing because... When you open up a bottle of that olive oil, the only thing you smell is tomatoes right off the vines. It was an amazing experience just to open up the bottle. And he always brought it with him. He was probably in love with that olive oil. What are you working on now? Many things, but the main important one is my food tour. I'm trying to educate people throughout the country about authentic Italian ingredients and authentic Italian foods. So therefore, an authentic Italian cuisine. So I created, with the help of my uh, very good publicist, Karen Fleming, uh, we created this tour. It's called For the Love of Italian Food, which is four cities, four restaurants, four events, For the Love of Italian Foods. And we do four courses, we do four wines, and we pair with four olive oil. And uh, we're trying to do the best to travel throughout the country to understand if people really know the difference between American Italian cuisine and authentic Italian cuisine. They're both very good. But Curtis, if anyone of the listener or uh, yourself as well have been to Italy, you're pretty much aware that there is a lot of uh, food in here that is not Italian, and they call it Italian food. I mean, we don't have the fettuccine alfredo the way that they make in here, the chicken Vesuvio, the meatballs on top of pasta, marinara sauce, Italian beef, Caesar salad. And therefore, you know, I just want to make sure that people understand what we have there versus what 
it's portrayed here, which was done by Italian-American ancestors. They cooked for a necessity to feed five, six, seven kids or their friends, and they adapt themselves to whatever ingredients they found around here. So the tour has actually been very successful. And uh, we've been traveling in, uh, not in the main cities, because we've been traveling in cities where uh, Olive Garden probably is the best Italian restaurant they have. Mm. So they make sure that people understand a little bit the difference of what's real and what's fake. And the results and the response is amazing. The ambition is to maintain the cultural integrity of Italian dishes and to celebrate, to celebrate authentic Italian cuisine. Uh, I think more than maintain. Uh, which is a good word, I think is actually to start to educate people to understand the differences. Mm. And actually to educate them, to let them understand what the real Italian food is all about. Because when I came in this country, Curtis, and I heard that pasta, pizza, and bread are very bad for you and carbs are going to kill you, you know, the first thing I do, I picked up my phone, I called my brother and I say, I hope you have a wheel. Because they've been telling me in America that if you eat pasta, pizza, and bread, it's very bad for you. It's not healthy. And last time I checked, everybody was actually healthier and skinnier in, in Italy. And living a lot longer than we do here, too. Oh, well, you know, that's another factor. And it's all because also the way that we enjoy our cuisine and the, the way that we enjoy our food, as I mentioned to you, is a dining experience in Italy is two to three hours long. Mm. Over here is 20 to 30 minutes. And I understand that is a necessity. People are in the rush. But we don't have to forget about enjoying the food. When I go through the country with the, for the love of Italian food, I tell everybody, first of all, put away any device unless you need it for an emergency and just enjoy the company you have around you. Second of all, I tell everybody, at the first bite of your dish, I want you to put the fork right by your lips Enjoy that dish, close your eyes, and tell me what you think. It just, it's not about just swallowing the food. It's about indulge yourself and actually have a great time when you actually get a bite of food. Get those flavor profile bursting all over your mouth and see that what four or five ingredients have been able to do instead of 15, 20 ingredients. And the portion size that I show everybody, as you already know, probably Curtis, that you know our portions are big enough to make sure you are satisfied but they're not, you know, you're not going to have, the, in Italy, we don't have to-go containers. So therefore, you understand that. So when you're out there doing these events, Mario, and you're talking about olive oil, how do people respond? What What is it like? Well, it's funny that you asked, uh, uh, Curtis, because it is nice to see the results at the end and to get all the emails of people that they are amazed that they went back home and they taste what they had in their cabinet and it was not what they expected to have in their house. But it's funny because I bring out my blue glass to do the tasting and I show them how we do the tasting and I give everybody for convenience a one ounce olive oil, a little container with the one ounce uh, olive oil in it to do the tasting and, and everybody sees this shot glass and they think it's tequila inside or sometimes they think it's limoncello. And uh, I tell them, I say, well, we're going to learn tonight how to taste olive oil the professional way, no bread allowed. And that already shocks them. Because, oh my God, what do you mean no bread? Well, the same way you taste your coffee and your wine is the same that you're going to end up to taste your olive oil. So no bread is allowed. And then when they start to do this, you know, the little sipping and they start to feel the bitterness and the pepperiness towards the end of their throat, it depends from the fruitness of the olive oil. They're actually looking at you like, oh my God, this guy wasn't just joking. There is a difference between these three olive oil that we tasted. 
And it's amazing to see how can we pair them with different things. And when I tell them I got 10 olive oils in my house, all different, because I used each one of them for a different application. At the beginning, they laugh at me. Then at the end, it goes like, oh, my God, I now understand why you say that. So it's, it's great to see it. And I always invite them to go back home to do a nice olive oil parties with their friends and tell them how to taste olive oil professionally. And uh, I receive a lot of email, Curtis, that they are all thankful. They say, thank you very much. I've been going buying olive oil in this specific olive oil and vinegar shop. And, uh, oh, my God, I, I understand now the difference between this and this and this. And it's good to see that they're listening. And it's good to see that they're willing to learn. And it's good to see that they're spreading the love for extra virgin olive oil throughout the country. Good for you, Mario. We need more of that. More education, more passion, and more truth about this important product. And I am very glad to know that you are doing that every day. And I uh, wish you uh, good success continuing with that. And I hope we can keep in touch. I have one more question for you. But before you get to the question very quickly, and let's launch right now a new campaign. Curtis, let's invite Oprah Winfrey, Ellen DeGeneres, and Jimmy Kimmel, and uh, and anyone on the TV show to have us there and show millions of viewers how to do it. And, uh, and they will be impressed themselves, and they will be actually the one that could help us to spread the love for extra virgin olive oil and the love for Italian food through these wonderful media outlets. Sure. You have their phone numbers? We will try to uh, your podcast right now to uh, have make sure emails. that you know they're gonna start to see us over here, and then we're gonna do probably a few more, and we're gonna do some videos if you want. We can send it to them, and and hopefully we'll be there one day, Curtis. It would be a great pleasure. Mine too. So, who are you voting for next Tuesday? <laughs> uh, according to the media training that I took, I would like to answer you back that, you know, I'm so proud to educate people about olive oil, and this is the reason why I'm on the show. <laughs> on the other hand, uh, may the best win, may the best prevail. <laughs> there uh, you may, go. <laughs> may our country have the best choice that we can possibly have, because I travel throughout many countries, and one thing... Uh, Curtis, I'm very tired of it and hearing people complaining how bad American is and America is and, and I'm tired of that. And, you know, I'm a foreigner. I'm American citizen right now as well. But uh, just if only people would have the chance to travel throughout the world to go taste some olive oils and have their experience over there and come back. The first thing you do when you when you come back to the United States, you're going to kiss your land and say thank you very much. This is a beautiful country. Let's let I hope the best will prevail. Well said, Mario. Curtis, thank you very much for having me on your show. And I mean, it was a pleasure to see that I'm not the only one out there sharing this love of extra virgin olive oil. And now I have a question for you. Am I allowed to ask you a question? Please. Okay, I don't know if anybody asks you a question on Nobody this side. Nobody ever does. Well, then I want to be the first. There you go. <laughs> well, what actually triggered you to become so passionate about extra virgin olive oils and creating the olive oil times and on olive oil. What was the passion that got you there and why did you actually get yourself into such a big crusade? Because as you know, we are sharing the same crusade of educating people about extra virgin olive oil throughout the world. So this is your podcast now, Mario. Right? Oh, it's yours, but you're the best. You can do that. You know, I, uh, I started a personal blog a long time ago in 2009 
a personal blog because everybody was blogging back then. You know, everybody was sitting down and writing something and posting it online. And I thought it would be fun because uh, I traveled in Europe quite a bit in those days, especially to France and to the south of France. And it was there that I came upon for the very first time these olive oils that I tasted. For the first time in my life, I had uh, this experience of, of tasting extraordinary uh, local fresh olive oils in Provence. And I had never tasted anything like that before in my life. And so when I went back to New York, I noticed that I couldn't find those olive oils that I saw in the south of France anywhere. And I began to scrutinize and compare different olive oils that I was able to find out there in the market. And so I started a personal blog about that. But almost immediately, I realized that there was no information about olive oil online. And I thought, that this topic, as I learned more about it and its intricacies and its complexities, I really felt very quickly that this deserved a serious journalistic approach. And I went on to hire writers in olive oil producing countries throughout the world and put together uh, this kind of uh, news approach to to this topic, you know, the business side, the culinary side, the quality debates, and just open it up to discussion. So that was Olive Oil Times. And I also have always felt that if you have a good idea, it doesn't need much pushing. The best ideas don't need much pushing. And from the very beginning, Olive Oil Times didn't need a lot of a lot of push. This was reflected in the growing readership. From the very beginning, my motivation has been the expansion of the audience that is that is tuning in to learn about this, to learn about olive oil, the importance of, of olive oil quality, the health benefits. So uh, yeah, and, and that was 2009, 2010. And since then, our, our readership has expanded. We've moved into other activities like the New York competition and the uh, educational outreach. And so those are the three important uh, parts of what I do. Well, that was uh, a great question I asked. I don't, nobody ever asks me that. You know, for me, it's a, uh, it's a business, but it is an extremely interesting topic to explore because you have so many different intricacies of it. It's all being driven by the health benefits. Correct. You know, this is why we're here. Mm -hmm. And I say that a lot. This is We're here because of the health benefits of olive oil. Number two is its culinary application and the way that it can enhance our enjoyment of foods. And of course, number three is the the cultural aspect of it, which has been here for a very long time. And so for those for those three important reasons, it's uh, it makes it a very interesting topic. Oh, well, guess what? We're both, as I told you, into this crusade, which the enemy of our crusade, I think, is the ignorancy acquired by mistake from mm -hmm. the Americans, from people that they thought they knew everything about olive oil and, and everything else, and they didn't. So we're going to have this job for quite a long time. I think so. And I hope to see you out there. And uh, let's keep in touch. It would be my pleasure. And I just every day, I think that if somebody's going to do a blood test on me, they're going to be trace on blood uh, in my olive oil. So keep up the great work. Thank you very much for uh, helping all of us to try to get to this uh, educational point. I say what it comes up from my heart.
On Olive Oil is produced by Olive Oil Times, the world's leading olive oil publication, and the International Culinary Center Olive Oil Program. Sign up at oliveoilschool.org.